Welcome to Ghostly. Who is telling the truth and who is telling lies? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is realish. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. Although that is not what's going to happen on this episode. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. As always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. So, man, we've got so much going on in this episode. Uh, you know what? Let's just get right into it. Let's do it. Uh, so we do have some shout outs. There are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer the five star reviews, but we'll read any and all reviews that we receive Today, we have two reviews, Mm -hmm. but the second way is to either buy us a coffee on buyusacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast or by going to our website, ghostlypodcast.com and hitting the buy us a coffee button on the top, or you can become a member on buy me a coffee for ghostly. Yes. All right. So I'm going to go first. Our first shout out is a buy me a coffee for Ghostly. Jeff Larchick, thank you so much for buying us some coffee this week. We really appreciate it. And we really needed it because we had to prep for this episode with Terry Carnation. Mm, So exciting. So I'm going to go next. And what I have is a Apple podcast review. And it is a five star review from Josh the Dogman. And it is labeled ghostly. So if you have even a passing interest in a supernatural, check out this podcast. Ghostly is in my top three favorite podcast. Both both hosts are terrific and make compelling cases for the stance on various supernatural and paranormal phenomena. Do, 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 do. (laughs) Phenomena. Oh, never mind. Uh, (laughs) Although I have not had any overt experiences, I do believe that people can and do experience unexplainable occurrences. However, unfortunately, some people are dishonest, and I like that Pat will call them out on it. Yeah. Woohoo. And Pat and Rebecca, if you happen to read this review, I have two suggestions. I would love to hear an episode on the experiences of the Shindiker family. Snedeker. Snedeker? What I, I can't say that. Uh, family from the 2009 film Haunting in Connecticut is based on. And I found the story in the movie very frightening and would love to hear your thoughts on it. My other suggestion. I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have that movie terrified me as well. Please know that that is on my list for us to, to tackle at some yes. point. It will happen. So Josh's other suggestion It may not be possible, but I think you guys should try to hit up Dan Aykroyd uh, and see if he'd be willing to be a guest on the show. It's a long shot, but you never know. And at any rate, thank you so much for what you do and keep up the excellent work. You know, I have a question for you. Mm. Since he was on the movie that we could not say, can we actually have him on the show then? You know, I don't know. Uh, it's a great question. And I, I I, also know that I'm pretty sure Bob After Dark would um, hurt us physically if yes. we had Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> like, I, think, I think he would, yeah. Before he we had would, him on Bob After Dark. <laughs> we would at least have to have Bob on the episode as well. <laughs> we, we would, we would. 
Uh, All right. <laughs> you so want to read the a, next one? I will. I've got another one. This one is from V Farrell 66. Uh, good podcast. Four stars for this one. Okay. I really I'll like, take four stars. <laughs> I really like your podcast. I would have given you five stars, except Pat can get on my nerves sometimes. Yeah. I could me see how that too, could happen. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> also, you don't always do all of the research. During your Poltergeist podcast, you didn't mention Dominic Dunn having bruises on both sides of her neck in the last major scene of the movie when she jumps out of a car screaming. If you notice the bruise on both sides of her neck, you will notice that they look like strangulation marks, even though I'm sure the producers of the movie, one of them wanted them, I think, to maybe to look like hickeys. But considering how she died, quote, by strangulation, I think this goes more towards the curse, exclamation mark. So, you know, I will say I did a lot of research for that episode. I did not see this. This did not come up in any of my searches, but uh, I am now curious and I'm going to take a look. Uh, well, I'm, I'm and now we have now we have mentioned it on the show. There you go. Now it's official. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have any? Oh, by the way, thanks, everybody, for the for, you know, the podcast reviews. And Jeff, thank you so much for buying us coffee. We really appreciate it. Uh, as I said, we we needed it for yeah, this absolutely. for this episode, for sure. For sure. Uh, Rebecca, do you have any listener mail? I do. I do. So this is we're going to have to take our minds back a few episodes. We're going to go and catch back up with um uh, part two from a letter from Brian. We read the first half of his have his ghost story, his letter a few weeks ago, but then we had a, a, a snail mail come in and you know, those always take priority. I'm so sorry, but they, they come in. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to go ahead and finish up Brian though, right now. So, uh, this one, if you don't remember, he lost a lot of his family in a car accident and yeah. they started having experiences, uh, around the house. Um, and so this is kind of continuing on, I think, as he's growing up. Um, so says, uh, these spirits would follow me around. For example, I went to visit my cousin. So it wasn't just at his house. You know, they're following him around other places. So, for example, I went to visit my cousin. When we went to bed in his room, we were scared beyond belief. The door of the closet opened, a light and a crazy sound like a screech that I cannot explain. Ooh. It was like someone or something was going crazy in the closet. Hangers and clothes were flying everywhere. Then the light flew out through the closed window. My aunt and uncle tried to find out what had happened in the closet. We just couldn't explain it. Late at night, I would hear my dad come home from work. The back door would open. He would take off his shoes and walk to his bedroom. Obviously, nobody was there. I think his dad uh, passed. Right. Like this was like you should his dad sure. should not have been doing these things. Um, this was witnessed by everyone in the house. This would happen on a regular basis. My grandmother ended up sending me to a private Christian school. I even had an exorcism performed on me. It didn't help. Wow. I was plagued with spirits. Spirits continue to talk to me. I see them. They like to visit me in my dreams, too. I say a little thing before I sleep at night. I always tell them they can talk to me and not through me. I regularly cleanse my home. By the way, my grandmother had abilities. She would tell me to fear the living, not the dead. My aunt has abilities too. I have read that it is passed from generation to generation. My grandmother and my aunt would tell me about their experiences. 
We were free to talk about and discuss our experiences. I have so many stories. I've encountered more spirits than I can count. I have to watch what I say around people. For example, I was at a construction site and saw a spirit by the only tree for 200 yards. She was hanging a towel on a branch. I mentioned it to my colleague. He looked and didn't see anyone. I'm sure he thinks I'm crazy. She was solid. Some spirits are really solid and some are transparent. Interesting. I have, en- I have encountered shadow people. This guy goes through all of our episodes here. Wow. Uh, I have encountered shadow people. I have no idea what they are or where they come from. They can talk to me. They kind of freak me out. I really don't like them. I try to avoid them. I have lived with this now for 52 years. I have embraced my gift, if that is what you call it. I frequently talk to the dead and try to help them move on. Most of them just want to talk. Some of them are lonely and confused. I really hate it when I see babies and young children. They break my heart. Of course, I question everything. I cannot prove that the dead are speaking to me. I'm constantly wondering if I am sane. I am skeptical. I could literally be suffering from some kind of undiagnosed mental illness. Lucky lucky for me, it doesn't interfere with my everyday life. My wife is very understanding. She knows everything, and I tell her about my experiences when she asks. I don't discuss these issues with my children. I just hope that it skips a generation. I don't want my children to suffer like I have suffered. Thanks for... That's my story. Kindest regards, Brian. Wow. Well, I definitely hope that your children don't suffer the same. Uh, And it doesn't really matter if it is um, paranormal or if it's um, like a mental illness or something. It's still something that you suffer from. And and I'm really sorry that you that you have to do that. Yeah, no, it sounds like a lot, Uh, but I'm glad you have a supportive wife. That certainly has got to help. Yeah. Uh, we always want to hear your stories. If you have a story to send us, you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or just use the contact form on ghostlypodcast.com. If you're like, I can't write it out, that would take forever. Just call and leave us a voicemail at 630-448-2138. Or as I mentioned earlier, we love the snail mail. So you can send us that at PO box number 264 in Geneva, Illinois, 60134. Awesome. Uh, uh, I guess it's time for the polls. It's time for polls. Uh So in our last episode, we talked about the University of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. And uh, our count was yes, (sighs) 54.5%. No, 45.5%. So close, my friend, but not close enough. I, I mean, that's a tie. Right. That's that's pretty much a tie. <laughs> no, no, it's haunted. I'm sorry. The people have spoken. Oh, wow. Just like <laughs> uh, that. Just like that. Now, we're going to talk more about today's episode, but just a reminder that you can always vote on our polls after every episode by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on polls. The polls for this one are going to be a little bit different, and we're going to explain that in just a second. But uh, last year, we decided to do something fun for April Fool's Day. We did an introduction to the opposites, and we named it Skeptics Day. April Fool's (laughs) will always be Skeptics Day to me. We had Nick Mataragas and Bob Anderson on the show, and we talked about microclimates. You remember that, Rebecca? I do. I do. It was one of my favorite episodes, I got to say, because it it was was fun. But yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was. Everything was flip flop, topsy turvy. (laughs) 
So <laughs> this year, we're, we were trying to figure out how to bring all the fun of Skeptics Day back out. And thanks to Bob Anderson of Bob After Dark, we formulated a plan. We wanted to start it off with everyone being a skeptic. And, and we were just like, how could we do that? Well, we figured it out by playing a game called Truth or Lies, where we tell ghost stories and you, the listener, guess if they are truth or if they are just lies. Now, we will also uh, guess, but that doesn't count towards anything. <laughs> That's just our own personal thing, right? And we, we might guess a certain way to throw you off as well, too. Mm, you never but know. Then all of a sudden, Terry Carnation from the podcast Dark Air with Terry Carnation, he asked if he could be on the show. And I mean, like, of course he can. Uh, we mean, jumped at that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. But we did ask him if he would play Truth or Lies with us. And he said he would. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, this episode will also be a video episode. So if you head over to YouTube, you can see us interview Terry Carnation, who is definitely not Rain Wilson. You know, member from The Office. Right, and, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Six, Six Feet Under, Under and mm -hmm. House of a Thousand Corpses and like a thousand other movies that I can't name mm -hmm. right now. Um, but you can also watch us play Truth or Lies with Nick Mataragas, who is definitely not David Hickney, a freak of the week, and Bob Anderson of Bob After Dark, who is definitely not the legendary Mothman. <laughs> now, this be, this you can also just stay right now and listen. You can listen to this whole episode, but you can also go watch it on video on YouTube. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, also, do you want a ghostly T-shirt? <laughs> well, this episode is also a contest. Head over to ghostlypodcast.com slash polls to enter the contest and win a ghostly T-shirt. The winner will be the one that correctly guesses the most stories that are true or a lie. And if there's a tie, then we will randomly pick from those entries. Entries must be received by midnight on April 6th to enter the contest because we will reveal the correct answers on a very special, we will reveal the correct answers on a very special ghostly that will come out on April 7th. It'll be a very short episode. It's just going to be the reveals. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm going to tell you right now, this was such a fun episode to, to do. It's spooky. It's fun. It's funny. All the guests are great. Uh, I love telling these stories. And this is this for me. You know, it's hard for Team Believer to have a good skeptics day. This was a good skeptics day. Absolutely. Well, anyways, <laughs> let's just get started with Terry Carnation, who is bringing his paranormal radio show, Dark Air with Terry Carnation, back as a podcast. And it comes out on April 1st. We hope you enjoy and check it out. Right after the break. Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at. All right, well, welcome to Ghostly Terry Carnation. We are so excited to have you here. 
Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we are such big fans of your work. Dark Air has always been such a great thing to listen to. Uh, and it is just amazing to have you on here. I am a big fan. And we love all the we love all the crazy stories that, yes. that you've come across. Yes, yes, indeed. Indeed. So I'm not sure if if you know this, Terry, but I am the resident skeptic of of ghostly. Uh, so, <laughs> well, you won't be a skeptic for long. That's what I was hoping for. I was hoping that you would have some uh, interesting tidbit or story that might just convert me right here. Well, <clears throat> how about this? Let's go back to the very beginning. Mm. Um, uh, Terry, you might ask, how did you get involved in the paranormal? What gave you a curiosity about the supernatural? Well, I'll tell you, Patrick. Growing up um, as a child, uh, uh, I lost my mother. Oh, um, so sorry. Yes, well, I literally lost her. Um, oh. She uh, was in a shopping mall, and then, and then she wasn't. Um, oh. so I'm not sure what happened there, but I was raised by a spectral mother. I was raised by a spectral mom. So, Whoa. Wow. Yes. So, uh, you know, she did what regular moms do. She did the folded the laundry and mopped the kitchen floor and made me oatmeal. This was especially challenging because she was spectral. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, how did she pick up anything? How did she pick up anything at all? Well, I, I, let me put it this way. I had to do a lot of help around the house, okay? I see. I it see. It wasn't me sitting in the corner on my Nintendo Xbox. No, indeed. It was me folding the laundry right by her side, cooking the oatmeal right by her side. And she loved me so much, Patrick. Um, our bond was so deep. It was so beautiful. Um, we laughed. We would laugh together. As you would with the spectral mother, yes. And, you know, I, I guess um, for me, um, I don't, do I miss, you know, do, would I rather that I had a, a regular, a corporeal, a corporeal mother? Did I wish I had a corporeal mother? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't feel like I was missing anything. I don't mm. feel like I was myth missing anything at all. I had, I had a ghost, remember ghost dad? Yes, um, yes. With, you had uh, Ghost Mom. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Wow. That is a that is a classic movie, and I I am terrified that Bill Cosby's recent um, <laughs> the revelations have 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 destroyed the the classic the classic um, sensibility of of Ghost Dad. It's a it's a it's a work of pure genius. But listen, uh, Patty, uh, you know later on. People would say skeptics such as yourself would say, oh, he didn't have a mother at all. He was he was abandoned at the local shopping mall and his mother took off and was found later living in Reno as working as a blackjack dealer. And he was raised only by his father who was working full time and he made up this spectral mother in his head. That's what they would say mm -hmm. to, to that. I say. Can I swear? Uh, we are a family-friendly uh, show, but we could bleep it out. I say, fudge you. Fudge Whoa. your skepticism. Because, Whoa. listen, 
um, I know what's real. That was her attempting to hand me the oatmeal, even though it was me making it in the microwave and handing it to myself. I know that was her folding the laundry as us laughing together and cracking jokes. Um, uh, but yes, I was doing the actual folding, but she was there alongside me always. Yeah. Cause that would have just been weird if you were laughing by yourself, you know? I mean, do I look insane? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, do well, I sound insane? I, you know, I just have no. no, not at all. And I actually, I just have one question, um, which is, uh, was she in white? No. We've noticed that many spectral women uh, are often the lady in white. And, and you know, I that would make perfect sense to me if that was yes. your mother. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, for her uh, 37th birthday, I went down to the local uh, JCPenney and I saved $12.40 from my paper route. And I went and bought her a fuzzy purple bathrobe. Oh, that was nice Aww. of you. Yes, and, I, and I brought it to her and it was, it was a beautiful thing, her standing there and me holding it up, just putting it right over her shoulders and... Letting go and the robe fell to the floor. And oh, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> I bet she was very pleased, though. Interesting fact, Rebecca. What I learned, what I've subsequently learned, is that you know, in the in the ghostly realm, in 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 that particular level of afterworld, uh, mm -hmm. there there are more colors than you could shake a stick at. There are colors that we haven't even dreamed of before. There's, wow. there's all kinds, yet there's there's flurple, there's glaco, there's vintrob. There's so many colors that we don't, we're not able to see with our very limited vision. Unfortunately, when they visit this side, those colors don't translate, hence the white robes. Uh -huh. I am, this is going to be, this is going to change everything for me. Everything. I, that's definitely, amazing. you know what? I think I might be a little bit more of a believer now. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Listen, you. I try to do this every week. How is this possible? <laughs> it's your uh, special powers, Terry. I don't know. We have the king of paranormal talking to us now. So <laughs> I don't know about king, prince of paranormal. The Pope of Paranormal. <laughs> the Pope of Paranormal. I like that. Anything with a P. I mean, it's funny when you do it with a P because oh, Paranormal has a P. So any kind of P that you put in there, like the... the Alliteration. Plum. The Plum of... <laughs> the Plum of Paranormal. The Pinnacle of Paranormal. Ah, pinnacle. yes. Yes, that is Pupal it. Pupil Pinnacle of Paranormal. Pupil. The Pupil of the Paranormal. See that? Ah. Anything with a P. The mm -hmm. Pine cone doesn't work. <laughs> Not the pineapple, though. It probably wouldn't. Pine, no, no, it doesn't work either. No. <laughs> no. Well, you know, I just wanted to ask. We're so excited uh, about Dark Air coming back um, as a as a podcast, um, and it's it's tomorrow. It's going to be out on April first, right? April this is coming 1st. out on the thirty first. Um, so I, I can't believe that you you are bringing it back. Um, how did it happen? Oh, thank you for your kind question. Well, Rebecca, I went through some some dark times, uh, indeed. Um, for several years after the loss of my wife, uh, Zelon, um, 
Wow, you've lost a lot of women. I didn't actually lose her. She died. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. So that okay. was actually a loss. Okay. Like my mother. But yes, yes. There's, here's detect the theme much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> women women get close to me and then. Mm. <laughs> Do you want to hang mm. out sometime, Rebecca? I mean, <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but we'll see. So I went through a dark period, um, but I feel like I'm ready. You know, I really do. I feel like I am ready to get back on the airwaves. I have been in therapy for a very long time uh, with some of my uh, mental health issues. And, you know, I I brought it up with my therapist, Dr. Norman Kesden. And I said, Dr. Norm, uh, Big K, what do you say? Terry Carnation back on dark air. Ready? Yes or no? And he said, of course. (laughs) Under no circumstances are you to go back on the air. You are not ready, Mr. Carnation. Don't do it. If you listen to one piece of advice I give you in any session from in the past into the future, don't. You're you're too fragile. It'll never work. You're too imbalanced. And I was like, oh, pshaw. (laughs) Oh, it was clear he really meant go ahead. (laughs) He he was joking something. I mean. It was a test. That's yeah. Maybe it was, maybe it was Yoda uh, with um, Darth Vader's son. What's his name? Oh, spoiler alert! Ah, yes, yes. Um, Luke with Luke. So I felt like I was ready and uh, ready to 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 return to the airwaves uh, because it's all about the fans. It's like, hello, fans. I love you, fans, listeners. I'm here for you. I talk, you listen. That's how it should be. I talk. Mm. You, S-T-F-U, and I talk, and there you have it. There you go. Well, will there be anything different about the show now that it's coming back? Excellent question, Patty. Listen, the, I, um, this show is about more, it's a documentary, really, mm-hmm. documenting my life. So you'll go with me into the room with Dr. Norman Kesden. You'll be with me in my apartment You'll as I make friendships, as I... As I travel around the, the Southland area of, of Los Angeles, Los Angeles, um, as well as the, the backbone, the bread and butter of Dark Air, the call-ins, you know. So I, I will be taking calls from listeners and um, having those conversations as well. So it's um, win, win, win. The Collins have always been, you know, such a uh, integral part of Dark Air. But to me, my favorite part is your advice to the to the callers. Hmm. Uh, you you just you just are sage like in your ability to give great advice. Hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Do you need any advice, Patrick? Oh, I, I'm sure by the end of this interview, I'm going to definitely need some advice. Yes. Hmm. You've changed this entire worldview so i'm guessing that he will need some advice on how to handle it (laughs) (laughs) uh did you have any favorite uh, callers uh recently or as you were working on the show so many callers so many great uh conversations that i've had um i suppose hmm well one of my favorite calls is uh, a regular caller named marguerite um, mm. And she calls in to the show from various points in time throughout history. Wow. Um, and it's, yeah, Patrick, Patrick would be like, oh, 
she's oh, delusional I- or she's making it up or she's not really in the time. Uh, she says she's at the French Revolution. She's probably just at the War of the Roses. <laughs> no, I mean, people are always honest. So. <laughs> oh, uh, OK, cynic. <laughs> yeah. I say, that's him being sarcastic. Trust I, me. Yes. I choose. I choose to believe. I choose. I say yes to life. I don't say no. No, Patrick. I'm, I'm a naysayer. Yeah. I'm a yaysayer. <laughs> You're a yaysayer. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Marguerite calls in from various points in time throughout history. She's called from ancient Rome. She's called from wow. Oh, World War Two, the bombing of London. She's called from. Um, she called from backstage of a Goo Goo Dolls concert in 1994. Whoa. I may have been there. That is significant part of history. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And so I always ask her, how are you calling me? There were no phone booths in ancient Rome. And she says, well, duh. Hello. Cell phone. Uh, she like, brings oh, her cell phone with her. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense then. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, so that's you great. You, you can't poke a hole in that, Patrick. No, definitely not. Definitely not. There is... <laughs> Definitely nothing he's wrong with so that story. He's so much nicer to you than he is to me, Terry. I need to have you on uh, more you, often. You shouldn't have to suffer through that, Rebecca. No, <laughs> she shouldn't. She shouldn't at all. Do you want me to have him, you know? Ooh. Well, I don't need him to be lost, um, you know, but uh, learned. He can yes. certainly be lost somewhere. Mm. In time. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I can go to the Goo Goo Doll concert. He could be lost in the desert outside of Area 51. Mm, Maybe we'll have to take a trip there. Interesting thing. I might be a skeptic as far as ghosts go, but I'm not a skeptic as far as UFOs go. So I would love that, actually. Hmm, Excellent. Well, yes, we're in. It's the dawn of a new age, isn't it? When the government is participating. Yeah. Mm, yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Very pilots, exciting. We've got generals. Mm-hmm. Um, finally. Finally. Uh, you're, in, you're in agreement with me on this, Patrick. I've spent decades saying aliens were real. They were among us. They were living upstairs from me. Um, dressed wow. as, as an Armenian family. But they were uh, absolutely from another galaxy and or dimension. And finally, the government is corroborating. Definitely. I mean, I am. This is these are these are strange times that that we're in right now. Absolutely. Everything has been turned upside down. Yeah. (laughs) So, Terry, this episode of Ghostly is all about truth and lies. And uh, we were wondering if you'd be willing to play a game with us. Okay. So all you have to do is tell us. a. What's that? I love love Uno. (laughs) No, no, it's not. It's not Uno, unfortunately. Uh, All you have to do is tell us a ghost story that is personal to you. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Rebecca and I, as well as our listeners, will try to guess if it's a truth or a lie. Ah. Uh, The listeners will submit their answers to us at ghostlypodcast.com. And one of them will win a ghostly T-shirt. Yeah, so we're 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 all going to be telling stories, and we'd love to hear one of yours. Now, you already told us about your mother, but I'm hoping you have another really good ghost story, or I do. You could lie and make one up. It's up to you. It could go either way, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. about to come out of my mouth could be the most truthful thing ever spoken, or could be the most grotesque lie ever spoken. Mm. 
Wow. Right. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelts. I am. I'm ready. Can I have a ghostly t-shirt? Sure. You can have a ghostly t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> All right. When I was a child, uh, we lived for a time in Central America. And we rented a, a Victorian home on top of a hill. And everyone in the town said, this home is haunted. Well, we didn't detect anything. It was just me and my father. My, I had lost my mother before that point. Um, but we were... Um, my father noticed something strange. He woke up one night at two in the morning and he heard a sound. And he went downstairs in the morning and he's like, and he said to himself, well, I'll be doggoned if this, if the furniture is not, hasn't been slightly moved, slightly moved from where it was the night before. Wow. So night after night, this would happen. Two, three in the morning. That's the sound of furniture moving on a wooden floor. And... So one night, my father took a piece of chalk and he drew around the legs of the cabinetry, my crib, the dresser, the rocking chair, with, with the chalk. Because he could never be entirely sure. And he, like yourself, Patrick, was a skeptic. Same, that same night. That's the sound of furniture being dragged around. He came down in the morning and not a single piece of furniture in the house was where it had been the night previous. Wow. So what did he do? Well, he decided to pray to the spirits. So he opened his Bible and he opened prayers from other religions of the world. Um, and he prayed to the undead and said, please leave us alone. Don't uh, haunt us any further. Please leave our furniture alone. What do you have against our furniture arranging? <laughs> Are you interior decorator robots? No, that's a lie. I didn't say that. But that's just me going all extemporaneous. And um, after he said these prayers and read from the Bible and read the holy words from the various world's religions, it never happened again wow 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 i got i got chills interesting yeah that is interesting true or false true or false that is the question Ooh, pat what do you think well make the skeptic go first i am gonna say that that was totally true i mean i it it gave me chills even hearing it rebecca what do you think I've stumped the skeptic. I've you have. That was it. It was the chalk that did it. Oh, I see. Mm. Now, see, for me, I'm actually going to say why. Because because where was your spectral mother in this story? Wow. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yep. Good point. Yep. It could have been little micro uh, climate earthquakes, you know little something moving the furniture. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, how the, oh my, how the roles have been reversed. You two. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I cannot wait to hear what the the listeners think and see what they think. Um, Mm. But can you remind us um, again of the details for Dark Air? I want to make sure uh, where can they find it? Um, When is it coming out? All that good stuff. So uh, Dark Air is a radio show, but we've decided to release as a podcast um, where all good podcasts are found. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, um, Google Play, Stitcher, etc., uh, it's called Dark Air with Terry Carnation, and it is released on April 1st. There will be at least 15 episodes documenting my life. Hilarity will ensue, and there'll be plenty of thrills and chills and spills. And just like my little ghost story, the hairs on your spine will stand up. Oh. Hairs on your spine. If you have hairs on your spine, you should see a doctor. I, I think we have a friend who fits that description, but that's okay. Um, he knows who he is. Uh, no, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that sounds amazing. I think our listeners are going to love it. Uh, that sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And, um, thank you for helping me become more of a believer. You see, stick with me, Patty. We're going places. Thank you, Rebecca, Patrick. Thank you for having me on your delightful podcast. Oh, thank you. We, we really appreciate it. We can't wait to listen. Uh, it's going to be great. Excellent. And, and remember, listeners, stay open to all possibilities. Even you, yes. Patrick. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Terry. We really appreciate it. Au revoir. Yes. A tout à l'heure. Thank you for having me. Yes. All right. I want to welcome back to the show, Nick and Bob, two of our favorite uh, guests that we've ever had. How are you guys, hey guys. doing? Oh, hey there. So Hi. Nick Mataragas is uh, associated with the podcast Freak of the Week. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, uh, but he's not on it. He's definitely not the host, David Hickney. No, and uh, that's actually a weird thing because um, David somehow heard that you uh, had ter- Terry Carnation on this this episode, and um, well, uh, you know, both of them being paranormal uh, talk show hosts for call-in shows, mm-hmm. uh, he had an opinion, and so he decided to send, send me a, a singing telegram uh, oh, yeah? expressing his opinion about Terry Carnation being on your show. Um, it was actually in death metal, which I didn't know they did singing telegrams in death metal, but, uh, it was basically, it basically came down to, I let you on my show. I don't get to be on your show, but you let Terry Carnation on your show. Uh, I expect this from Patrick, Rebecca, you disappoint me. We're basically (gasps) the main lyrics of that. Wow. Well, so for those of you that don't know, uh, ghostly was on freak of the week. Uh, where I tried to take over the show. Yeah, he did actually. not like you at all. Yeah, he didn't like me at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, but- it was on the episode about the ghost of Dave Coulier. Yes, yes. that was an amazing, Which- uh, amazing episode. Uh, no, you know what? Which I, he's I am- not dead, by the way. So just so people know. <laughs> I don't I, I'm not on the show. I just produce it. I don't know anything about it. Well, yeah. there's some thoughts on that, but uh, no, I, you know what, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it under advisement. Um, you know, Hickney can be a little unstable. 
I'm just going to say. So, you know, ghostly, we've got standards. So I'm going to see. Um, but I do enjoy Freak of the Week. I have been on Freak of the Week and I encourage everyone to listen to Freak of uh, Freak of the Week. So, um, you know, yeah, uh, we can see. We can see what we can do. I'll, we'll think I'll put put the thinking cap on for that. I, I think he'd appreciate that. And, you know, obviously um, you don't have to bring him into your, your studio. Like, Oh, that's not an option. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, if I were you, the smell alone is not, we're not doing that. I mean, I, um, I hear he's bathing now. Whoa. That's yeah. a big change. What? Yeah. Well, you know, the world changed and I think it's uh, been interesting for him. So. Okay. Now, All Nick, right. do you have anything else going on? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm executive producing a series of short films called Nightshade. They're all uh, short horror films. Uh, we actually took submissions from all over the globe and selected the 10 best. And we're doing monthly releases. Last Saturday of every month, we have an episode come out of Nightshade. Um, the most recent one was uh, Not a Dark and Stormy Night, which was directed by David Musto. Um, and they're all available uh, at vimeo.com slash on demand slash nightshade horror because we couldn't find a longer URL and it is <laughs> it is only 99 cents to see one film and you can watch all of them for I believe it's $8.99. I can't remember the price for all yeah, of we them. We paid the $8.99. It's less that, than a so. dollar per episode. Is it's what we're less saying. than the 99 cents per. So you might as well just buy them all. Might as well and watch them. The- I'm so excited. They've all been great so far. And, uh, and I, you know, I helped select some of these and uh, got to read them all ahead of time. And it's really fun to see them come to life. And I cannot wait for the final one. I think, mm. I think that the, the, my favorite one is, is the final one. So, um, so yeah, subscribe now, catch up. Uh, and they'll be coming out through like summer, right? Yeah. Last one comes out in July. That final one. I was going to say Christmas in July, maybe. Christmas in July. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little Very worried. Exciting. The the writer and the director for that one are a little messed up. So we'll see. <laughs> is it, is it you, Nick? That's, that's a secret. Oh, okay. That's a secret. <laughs> Mr. Bob Anderson. What's been hey. going on with you, buddy? Oh, hey there, ghostly people and the rest <laughs> of society hello 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 it is i bob the host the director the writer the star of bob after dark the weekly paranormal yeah. show yeah you may remember me from such ghostly episodes as annabelle and the von eric curses and various other episodes i've been on now both of you actually hold records on ghostly bob you have been on more ghostly episodes than anybody else Besides me and Rebecca uh, and Nick, you are the only skeptic to ever come on ghostly. <laughs> Still the only skeptic. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, come on, skeptics. Better. <laughs> uh, it's all right. It's all right. I like having my believer Bob on as much as possible. Very exciting. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So Bob. what? Uh, what? Uh, so what episodes have you had uh, lately, Bob, on your show? So this past month, it's been March as we're recording this currently. So every March, I do Phalor Month because St. Patrick's Day. Oh, so we yeah. talk about the uh, Phalor creatures from the Celtic areas and the uh, fairy creatures that go with it. Last year, I actually had Pat on one of my Phalor episodes. We talked yes. about the Duke Fairy, and we uh, talked about how afraid you are of the Fae. I am very much so that, that you would, keep a lead pipe by your bed. No, iron crowbar. 
Oh, iron crowbar. Close iron enough. Crowbar. I mean, come on. Lead pipe, <laughs> iron crowbar. No, it has to have iron. Uh, oh, it yeah. has to have yeah. iron, yeah. You're just going to, cl- you're going to clue. Um, yes. I am, yes. In the study. In the study with the, with the iron crowbar. No, so uh, this past week's episode was on the puka, which is a uh, strange little creature Wait, that, what? Poop, poopy? Puka. Oh, puka. Okay. Puka. The puka is a strange uh, shape-shifting creature that picks up drunks and adulterers and throws them on their back and rides them at fast speeds around the countryside. Trying to what? Talk their, yeah, you got to find out more. You could check that episode out wherever you listen to podcasts at. Nice. But pukas, awesome. are, pukas are real. I've had a necklace of their shells around my neck before. Is that, are they called puka shells? Yeah. <laughs> that's great no this is the puka the the shape-shifting mm-hmm. creature from the fey world now nice. can they shape-shift into a shell that goes on your neck exactly i i mean maybe nick's necklace might be uh might be you know paranormal whoa mm, very exciting uh but bob after dark <laughs> comes out every week wherever you guys listen to podcasts at um that that's about it nothing really exciting coming out except pat and i have a podcast only exclusive episode in the works we kind of briefly talked about which we're planning on doing soon as a yes. ghostly bob after dark uh collaboration project yeah, not we, revealing that yet. yeah we definitely can't can't wait uh we still haven't seen the actual show that it's based upon so, so but anyways yeah get on it so we can get <laughs> moving on that uh that's the only real exciting bit of news as we're slowly making it through this pandemic and trying to do what we can Awesome. Absolutely. Well, this is the one year anniversary of Skeptic Day, where we talked about microclimates. And uh, that's why I really wanted to have you guys back. Uh, I think you guys should come back every single year on Skeptic Day. Um, but, you know, I know your schedules can be can be kind of tight. So we'll try to work that out in the future. But we got you guys for this one. And this one is all about truth or lies. Mm. Mm. so it's a contest right Uh, yes it is a contest where someone can win a t-shirt if they guess the most amount of stories uh to be either true or lies i feel like rebecca is gonna win the t-shirt it's pretty obvious uh nobody that's on the show currently except for terry carnation can get a t-shirt no see that's just gonna make David Hickney even more angry if Terry Carnation wins a t-shirt. <laughs> he asked for one. I David, mean, David Hickney didn't. Fair enough. It's true. Yeah. This is true. Um, so, yeah, so we've already heard Terry's story. So do we want to, when Pat and I already made some guesses as to what we, we think if he told the truth or a lie, did we yeah. want to start with uh, with your guesses? What did we, we, we played you guys his story. Um, yes. So, Bob, um, after dark, what are you thinking? I was going to pass it off to Nick to go first. Oh, I know. Nick's, I know uh, yeah, we make the skeptics go first. That's right? I'm going to make the skeptic go first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lie. I <laughs> think it's, it's a lie. A, yeah. I mean, Terry. Oh, Nick, you and I are agreeing on something. I don't even know. Terry doesn't seem very trustworthy to me, first of all. Mm-hmm. And second, this idea of putting chalk outlines around things. Um, Everybody knows if you put a closed circle around something, it protects it from supernatural occurrences. I mean, if you believe in that stuff. Only if it's done with salt, Nick. No, you can make a circle out of anything. Salt is just the most common. Uh, But here's the thing. 
stuff still moved. Plus, I well, a I don't think it moved because I think he's making it up. But even if it was, let's be real, it could have been a micro earthquake. You know, um, <laughs> microclimate earthquake. Well, no, my it's not a climate; it's an earthquake. Um, <laughs> but it all seemed to be kind of a little too convenient. This whole oh, we put chalk outlines around everything which you're ruining the floors by doing that yeah like who would do that i mean plus his ghost mom wasn't in the story at all you mentioned that pat i, I mean all of these yeah. things and like and he called me patty well know? that's fine that didn't bother me in fact i kind of liked that <laughs> it bothered uh, me a lot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it just didn't seem like it held water to me okay so nick says it's a lie so he is team rebecca on this one i think yes whoa that's a first that's uh, a first, first and only. You know, it's uh, this is going to be a one, this going to be a one-time thing. But I'm actually going to side with the skeptics on this one. Whoa, wait, well, wait, the skeptics are divided. Yeah, at this yeah. point, yeah, I said it was with, the truth. I'm calling. I'm going to call the story out now. Terry is a brilliant storyteller, and he did a really, really good job telling it, but. You know, studying the world of the paranormal as I, you know, I've been my entire life. First off, micro earthquake, Nick. <laughs> Is yeah. that related to the microclimate? No, it's a thing. It's a small magnitude earthquake. <laughs> I, I know it is. I was, I was being silly. Anyway, no. <laughs> a chalk outline. I, I you know, I, 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 I've never heard of someone drawing a thing of chalk to prevent that protect themselves from the paranormal. Usually it's salt or, you know, sulfur or ash. I've never heard someone say chalk. And the fact that Ghost Mom wasn't in it blew my mind. <laughs> Maybe Ghost Mom could have came and saved them at, you know, through the story uh, as a spiritual guide, maybe. So I'm going with great story, greatly told, but not not factual. Uh, hashtag, wow. hashtag Bob joins the dark side. Whoa. Wow. Wait, this uh, is the weirdest thing that I am the only person that believes this story. Wow. That's because you have a crush on Terry Carnegie. I was going to say, is it because is it because Terry, if I told that story, Pat, in the same exact words, <laughs> would you believe me? No, no, I wouldn't believe you at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Exactly. This is what I dealt with, guys. I don't have right. a boy crush on Terry Carnation. I didn't say boy crush. I just said crush. I mean, maybe if it was Rain Wilson, I would have, but definitely not Terry Carnation. I'm just saying. All right. So I asked you guys in advance to prepare a ghost story that could be true or could be a lie. And uh, I'd like to start with Nick, actually. Oh, OK. <clears throat> so this uh, this story uh, takes place back when I was a kid. Um in the house I grew up in, like the first half of my growing up time, like before before high school, I would live before in puberty. Old, yes, well, <laughs> you're Greek though, so yeah, puberty happens at like oh, middle. Boy. It's like right at the beginning of middle school we moved out of this house, but okay. um, we lived in this house. It was about a, it was just over a hundred years old when we were living in it. Um, and I had my own bedroom, and uh, at night I had a I had a race car waterbed, you know, like the ones that had like the red sports car side. Oh my god, like you're the, so lucky! Yeah. yeah, it was super cool, right? Um, but it faced my closet, like the 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 end of the bed faced my closet, and so um, every once in a while, uh, I would hear like sounds and like see like as it was like a slatted closet. I'd see like shifting in the closet, and it would freak me out. And so uh, one night I decided I'm like. I'm not 
I'm going to keep the closet door closed tonight. I'm going to leave. The, I'm going to open the keep the door open so that I can see what's going on in there. And uh, about you know, I had fallen asleep, and I don't know exactly what time I woke up, but it was dark, like probably two, three in the morning, I'm guessing. And I see a shape in the closet, kind of a blob, blobulous shape. And hear like these really almost like moaning sounds, creaking sounds, weird that was me. things. It was you. Makes yeah. sense. It does make sense. Um, and then the next morning, I I noticed that like my t-shirts weren't like exactly where they were originally. Like like they had been kind of like pushed over. Um, she put a chalk outline. No, there was no chalk outline. So <laughs> I mean, I'm. At the time, I mean, obviously, I'm a hardcore skeptic now, but at the time, I it freaked me out. Um, I didn't really talk about it much, but then I asked my parents later on when I was older about about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, uh, we actually got a deal on the house because the previous owner had killed himself. Oh. Yeah, oh. he had hung himself in one of the closets, and I was oh. like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, that's nice. So... Uh, Interestingly enough, and I know I'm a skeptic, so people are probably like, well, wh- why are you even telling the story if you're a skeptic? You don't believe it. I'm like, it's still, I still had that experience, but uh, I think honestly, as a skeptic, the reason that I was having what I'm guessing was a waking dream was uh, I used to watch liquid television right before going to bed, which if you've ever watched liquid television, that'll do it. It will definitely do it. Uh, yeah. A lot of our listeners probably have zero idea what liquid television is. It was like <laughs> this weird like animation show on mtv like it had aeon flux and a flux, bunch of weird yeah. stuff on it okay so, so can we ask questions or yes, is that we we're just making questions. our guess yeah, go for okay. it okay like i was wondering like I, or i guess just your your thoughts like do you think that you had at some point like heard your parents talk about like the deal in the house or like what had happened in the house, like, you know, just didn't remember it. It just kind of like you heard it in the background and it got in your head or anything. Uh, maybe. Cause we, because we, we renovated the house at one point. And so that's, I wasn't in that bedroom before that. So it like, that's when I knew the age of the house when we renovated it. So it could have been that they talked about that part of it when that was happening. I don't recall that, but it's possible. Hmm. Bob, do you have any questions? No. No, I don't have any questions either. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to decide right now. I am okay. too. All right. Uh I'll I'll go first. Nick, I think you're telling the truth. Bob, what do you think? Well, Nick, why do you think he's telling the truth? Why do I think he's telling the truth? Because I know when the Nick lies. I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> and his eyes were very honest this time. Honest eyes. All right. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What do you think? Uh, so being a paranormal investigator, part of my job is to interview people that have experiences. Um, yes. What paranormal, weird, outrageous. And you got to take these things in every context clue that somebody gives you, whether or not they're telling the truth or what they believe is telling the truth. You know, at the end there, Nick fully admitted that he is a skeptic. And he believes what he experienced was a waking dream. Now I could take that a step farther and say it might have been a night terror. There might have been something hanging around causing these negative emotions, these feelings. And the fact that he came out and gave some skeptical sides of things, I'm going to go with 100% truth. I think you're telling the truth, Nick. 
Yeah, it really is that, you know, whatever whatever he believed at that time, whether it's true in actuality or not, it's just what he believed at that time. So, Rebecca, what do you think? All right. Well, I I'm going to say it's very tempting to say that it's the truth, but I know that Nick is a great storyteller. And so I think that this is a lie. I think this is a very traditional childhood ghost story. The whole like recently I was talking to my parents and we brought this up and it came (laughs) out that this was the thing. Very classic. You could read this on Reddit anywhere. Uh, I think you I think. No, I think you're creative and I think you made it up. So I think it's a lie. It definitely sounds like a sketch that he would have written. I, I, I will <laughs> right? say that like it's a, it's a sounds like a nightshade short to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Bob, why don't you go next with your ghost story? You know, when you came to me with this one, Pat, I had uh, I had several in mind uh, doing what I do. I investigate a lot and I experience a lot, but I picked out one that happened to me by myself. And it was very strange. So over the years, I have been kind of honing in on my clairvoyance training, right? I've been trying desperately to communicate with something out there on a personal level that's a one-on-one communication. So if I see it and I experience it, I know it's concrete, right? You know, you go into an investigation and you do these things with, you know, groups of people or something. There's a lot of hysteria that goes on in these cases where, you know, you might look at it and say, well, was that just, you know, a bunch of people getting really excited, whether it be an Ouija board session or am I sitting down doing a tarot reading? Is somebody doing a cold reading on me? Whatever it might be. I want my personal experience one-on-one. So where my office is at in my, my personal studio, not the studio I record at, but my office and the house it's in is haunted. Uh, there's been a lot of weird occurrences here that I cannot explain. So one day it was a late night and the veil was at its thinnest right around Yule. And I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out who's here, why, and what's going on, you know, because there's a lot of things targeted to me directly. So first thing I do, bust out my divination deck and I'm laying down three card spreads, trying to get a story and start getting a feel for what it is. Nothing's coming up that makes sense. So I look to the wall and I look to the shelf. I got 36 Ouija boards in my collection. So it's like, well, let's bust one out and see if, see if this does anything. And you know, a little tremble here and there, but again, it's like, okay, am I causing this to say, yes, something's here or not? You know, I want this to be true. And, you know, at this point, I'm getting so frustrated because I can't, you know, I can't get the answer I'm looking for. So I go downstairs and I brew myself a hot, a hot cup of tea with some loose leaf. And I was trying to attempt a tea reading on myself, which um, if you guys don't know, it's a divination trick, just like uh, people that read palms or something. You know, you get your, get your tea leaves and they spread out in a pattern. You could read the tea leaves as a fortune. And I'm not well versed in it. So I think I just got really excited over nothing. I, I couldn't, you know, I was like, you know, what? I'm done. I go, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I'm frustrated. Let's take a break. Let's try to, you know, hone in on this, try to figure out either what's wrong with me or the situation. Uh, so I'm like, I'm going to have a snack with my, uh, with my tea. And I look up in the cabinet and I was going to grab me a box of, you know, bowl of cereal. And the only thing I had, in fact, was alphabet cereal. Mm. 
was, I don't know why I had a box of alphabet cereal, but I did. So I pour me a box of alphabet cereal and I, you know, I pour my milk in and I give it a good stir. <sighs> it's going to sound crazy. And it's going to make me probably sound like a lunatic, but I kid you not, as I lifted up the spoon, uh, the, I looked down at the letters and the, for the alphabets and it said B-A-D. I was like, all right, I eat it. And it was C-A-L-M was the second scoop. After that, nothing. I had nothing after that. But that's, a, that's my story of my divination alphabet cereal. Wow. Wow. All right. Wow. Anybody so have we- any questions for, for Bob on this one? Um, Wait, I do actually first before, before you, Nick. Okay. Uh, 36 Ouija boards. I have, yeah, 36. Um, I'm looking at my shelf behind me. I have several, but there's definitely, there's definitely quite a bit in the house. Uh, some were handmade. Some were given to me as gifts. Uh, some I bought at, um, uh, you know, markets and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, I collect them. A lot of times my fans will give me them because they're, you know, they're cursed or something. And that's just my life is I collect these cursed objects that people give me because they don't want them anymore. And it's like, yeah, I like them. So how many, how many dolls do you have? Way too many. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nick, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. So, um, I'm curious about the tea. Uh, what kind of tea do you do? Do you remember what kind of tea that specifically was? If not, what kind of tea do you generally drink? Um, I want to say probably I usually lean between like some of the fruitier ones. So like peach or raspberry and then mint. I think in that case, I was probably looking towards mint because it was part of the season and being Yule, you know, you think about mint with the you know that type of season so that's i was probably having some sort of mint tea at the time i wish i could give you a direct answer sure and my question do you typically or or is it common for you to use a ouija board alone um i have um i've done it in group settings and i've done it solo and i could tell you that i get more responses in a group setting than i do solo Mm-hmm. And whether that be, you know, on the skeptic bro side, uh, whether that be someone's pushing the planchet or, or you have multiple energies kind of conducting one seance and that's uh, something kind of sees that as a beacon in the night and you're, you know, you're just putting a lot of energy into it. I don't, I, that's my running theory at least. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready to, to vote on if it's true or a lie? Yes. Nick, you want to go first? So this is an interesting story because I obviously Bob is very much into uh, the the paranormal and the occult and stuff like that. And so he has the ability to take uh, his experiences and his knowledge base and turn it into something that's very well crafted. And I think that's what's happening here is he created a very well-crafted story by taking two things that he knew people know that he is into, you know, like the Ouija boards and the idea of tea leaf reading, which is a huge thing. Um, I've had not tea leaves read, but I've had coffee grounds read, which is pretty much the same practice. Um, So those are two very like rooted things that I'm sure are real experiences for him. But then he got to the cereal and when he got to the alphabet cereal, it made me think of like eighties, like, like paranormal stuff like poltergeist and ghostbusters and like the practical effects they do in those. And I was just a little bit like, I don't know about that. Plus I just don't think Bob eats alphabet cereal. 
Ah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Hey. Rebecca, you want to go next? Sure. Uh, so I will say, I actually kind of have, I don't know, I was going to say like the opposite, where at the beginning I was kind of like, I don't know, like this seems really weird. It's like, I tried this and then I tried that and blah, blah, blah. But I actually think this is true. Like, I think Bob has had a lot of weird stuff happen to him that has made him who he is and made him the believer that he is. And I actually think I could, I mean, I could, and I could see spirits being this tricksy where it's like, we're not listening to you on the Ouija board and we're not going to listen to do the tea leaves, but like, oh, you're cereal. Like, we'll see if you're paying attention and then like give you these like, you know, Bob after dark, right. Bad. And then call, um, like just to have fun with, with him. So I'm going to stay true. All right. Uh, well, once again, I'm going to cheat at this game. Um, (laughs) because we are doing this in video so i was able to look at nick's eyes and tell that he was telling the truth uh i am also able to look at bob and can see his reaction to how nick said it was a lie and how rebecca said it was the truth and, and that, I gave you the same response on both because Mr. Pomer. No, Blair, you didn't. I did. <laughs> and, and I have played poker with Bob before. Uh, so I am going to say that I have learned a couple of his tells. And he <laughs> is lying. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Rebecca, would you like to go next? Oh, okay. All right. Make me go the middle here. Okay, guys. Um, So we've had the closet, alphabet soup, right? So my story, um, sorry, I'm kind of like delaying this. Um, So this is not a story that I have told uh, to a lot of people. Um, Okay. Uh, So when I was young, um, now not not as young as Nick, um, I was a recent college graduate and I had moved back home, um, but I was working in the big city, right? So I would take a commuter train to work every day, you know, early in the morning. Um, so one time I was on the train and I was on like the, like the second car, um, meaning like it was the first car of the train, but like the second half of it. I don't know if you're Chicago and Metro, you know what that means. Um, all of a sudden we like started to stop really fast. And I felt the tiniest bump and my brain thought, we just had a bunny like that. I don't know why that was the animal <laughs> I picked, but that was literally what I thought was like, cause that's how tiny the bump was. Um, but we stop and we're sitting there and we're going nowhere. Anyone who's ever been on Metro knows you sit there for a really long time and they tell you nothing. Of course, whispers are just, go around like, oh, there must be track issues, like signal issues, engine issues, something like must have blown or whatever. And that's why we had to stop so fast. Um, but we're all looking out the window. We're, we're really close to, or I think actually the, the fir- very first car was actually almost like in the station. Um, but anyway, so we start to, to look out the windows and we see first responders arriving. So there's like police, ambulances, fire trucks, um, And so we're kind of starting to wonder, like, what happened, right? Um, 
they opened the doors at a certain point so that um, people could, but not all the doors, the ones in the front, you know, so people could get out and leave if they wanted to. I mean, this was like probably almost an hour in of us just like sitting there. Um, and they basically said, we're going to be here for a really long time. So if you want to leave, you know, you can, um, obviously, you know, you can't keep people trapped for too long. And some people like called for rides, whatever. Anyways, I was 22. So I was like, I'll just be late to work. Like, it's <laughs> not my problem. Uh, anyway, so we're watching, you know, I'm waiting, you know, like at some point, I guess we'll be going. And so I, I thought maybe, I don't know, I didn't know what was going on, but I see that there's all these emergency cars and there's like a group of people watching, right? Like there's people, business clothes, um, families that were like going to be heading into the city for that. It was the summer. So going in for fun. Um, and there was like a couple younger people and, and I kind of noticed this one girl in a hoodie, right? Um, finally though, they announced that there had been an accident again, didn't give any details again, it was going to be hours before they could move. So they said, they're going to bring a bus for us to take, to go to like the next train station. So we could get on a train, continue to the work, the city. So finally the bus arrives, we all load out. It takes forever. Luckily I'm in the front. Um, so while we're waiting to get on the bus, I noticed this girl who had been in a hoodie you know, while part of the group watching everything was standing right by me. Right. And I noticed she's wearing like a, it was the same skirt. It was like a long flowery skirt. She had a t-shirt on under her hoodie. Her face was kind of down. So it was hard to see her face. Um, but being chatty me, I asked her like, what did you see? What happened? Right. Cause I'm like, why are we all sitting here? And she looked at me, I could kind of see her face. She had these like earbuds in. So I wondered if she could even hear me, but then she just said, you know, I don't know. And she looked really sad. So I was like, oh crap, did like her family just get hit in a car? And like, I don't even know. At that moment, I heard the bus door open and I like look over to see it. And when I turned back to like say, hey, I guess we can get on the bus. She was gone, like nowhere. Like I looked around, I looked, you know, wherever she was not there. It was like 10 seconds that I had looked away. I mean, I didn't really think anything of it. It was weird, but like, not really, because whatever, she just stuck behind a person and I was getting on the bus. We move on. So once we're, I'm on the bus, I look outside. I thought maybe I saw her back at the site by like the emergency vehicles, but it's kind of hard to see. Once I got to work, I finally was able to like go online because this was before smartphones, right? So I was finally able to go online and see the news and find out that, yes, someone had been hit by the train, the bunny that I felt was someone getting hit by the train. It was the craziest thing. And like, just as a side PSA to everybody, that's how little we have, like the human body is nothing against a train. Do not ever race a train or anything with that. Like I, it was, yeah, so creepy. The next morning though, uh, is I'm reading the papers. I get the paper every morning to read on the train. And I read the whole article about what happened. And they had a description. Um, witnesses saw a young girl walk onto the train tracks and she had headphones in and she had a hoodie on. And basically like they were all screaming at her, like, don't stop, stop. The train's coming get, get off, get off the train, get off the tracks. And she didn't, and she was hit and they like saw it happen. 
And when they describe the girl, I realize that it is the girl that I was talking to. Like I, I know that sounds insane. It's why I don't tell this wow. story a whole lot, but like they're, you know, long skirt, had the hoodie, right? The headphones, like seriously full chills. Like it was the freakiest thing. Never had anything happen like that to me before, never since then, but it did. I mean, it happened. And like they, there were stories for like weeks about this. I don't, if you're in the Chicago area, you might remember it. Like there was a lot of debate. Like, did she do it on purpose? Or like, did she just not see it? You know, but when I saw a picture of her then, like that her family put out, it was like, nope, that's the girl. That is the girl that I saw. I swear it. Um, anyways, it was like, since, I mean, I've, I had some stuff happen to me when I was younger, but like that was the, that has been the thing um, that has really made me a believer. Yeah. All right. So sorry. Wow. I know it's a long story, but it really happened. There was a lot of details and it's crazy. <laughs> so. All right. Well, That's we're going to determine if it really happened. Okay, fine. Uh, so do we have any questions for Rebecca here? Yeah, I have a question. Um mm-hmm. So you, you talk about the people like gathering and the first responders and stuff. Um, where were these people and the first responders in relation to where you were sitting on the train? So they were like, so I was facing like the front of the train. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and I'm on the like left-hand side, right. Cause that's like the train station is there. So like, you could kind of like, just see it. Like, it's one of those things where like, I couldn't see the track. Right. Because like, the so engine they were, and but I could see them like they're they're like on the like the platform and the street ish, but towards of, the towards the front of the train, exactly. Okay, right. I mean, if I had been further back in the train, I don't know that I would have seen them as well, but because I, I you know, I felt the bunny bump, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. in the front, I could I could see them. So you were in the first car, right? But like the second half of the first car, okay, again, like so metro trains, like our train, you know, there's yeah. like a middle part where the where the doors are. So there's like the front front and then there's, and then there's the engine in front of that. All right, Bob, do you have any questions? I do not. All right. Are we ready to vote? All right. Again, Nick, why don't you go first? <laughs> I think so. so Nick, to go first. This is, this is tough because it's uh, a, there's a lot of really good detail in this. And uh, the thing about, really great lies is they're wrapped around a lot of truth. Mm. And I think at least, I know at least three of us have had plenty of experiences on the Metra and know exactly what it's like to be stuck on a delayed train and what they, th- what they offer and all of those things um, that also, it's really hard to say that someone is lying when they're talking about a story that seems very um, personally like jarring like this. But there are a couple of details that make me think that this is a lie. Uh, Firstly, I think if someone had been hit by a train, the train would have traveled further beyond them uh, to the point where the first responders would have been behind you uh, in location if they were trying to try to to help a person or to gather remains, if if you will. Uh, The second detail that makes me think this is a lie is you talked about this was when you were younger before iPhones and all the things, but you used the word earbuds instead of headphones at one point and mm. for what the girl was wearing. And I think that m- makes me think mm. that you fabricated this vision of this girl and you miss the era just a little bit by saying earbuds. So those are the reasons that I think it's a lie. All right. Those are very good reasons. Uh, Bob, what are your thoughts? 
first off, well, story writing. I think that's the term. Yeah, great story reading, Rebecca. That was, I ate every detail up that I could there. It was amazing. Uh, growing up on the south side of Chicago, we commuted by train all the time, everywhere. And it was not uncommon for someone to unfortunately perish by train track. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, you know, I've been involved, not myself, but I've been on the same train as somebody getting hit. And I've also been on the same, like, schedule as somebody that's gotten hit before on a train. Uh, it's not a very pleasant experience by any means. But the first thing they wouldn't tell you is somebody got hit. So that's just, uh, I don't know, just facts real quick. The uh, I was buying it all the way up until the certain point. And that was a common ghost story trope of you turning around and communicating with the girl as if she was coming to you directly or as if she was there. And you didn't mention if you noticed her before or not. And on a commuter train early in the morning, it's probably filled with people. Uh, and the I did com- notice her. Remember, she was oh. with I. She was with the group of people that were watching. She was not on the train, so I thought it was mm. weird that she was by us. But like, it wasn't like I I had seen her. Like, so I thought uh, she might know something about what was happening. I don't know. It's just a singled out target in a crowd of people. That's what threw me off, and I was like, "Great story," but I'm going fabricated. Yeah, I mean, and to to build off of that a little bit more, Bob, I think it it definitely feels uh like you like a variation on the on the teenage hitchhiker story you know that's what i was getting at yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. all right well uh this time uh i am gonna cheat again but that's because (laughs) i happen to know rebecca very well Mm. and i happen to have talked to her about train rides and first of all i have listened to uh going on 60 something different ghost stories that Rebecca has fabricated. Um, so <laughs> I noticed patterns, you know, so that is kind of a lie, right? I mean, that's kind of cheat right there. But the one detail that she said that is going to make me say that this was a lie is that she said she was sitting in the first car. I have talked to Rebecca before about. Uh, trying to sleep on the train while on the first car and that it's very noisy sometimes. And Rebecca told me, I never, I never will ride on the first car because of And that. why do you think that is? Yeah. I mean, this, why do you I think mean, that I no longer sit in the first car? I just because think you like to sleep this- like me. <laughs> I think uh, I think Pat's cheating a little too much in this game here, folks. That's just my tips. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so all of the men don't believe me and my story <laughs> believers. So. Yeah. All right. That's all fine. right. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time for my story. And I'm going to start this off. Um, revealing a little bit about my history here. Um, when I was 13 years old, my father passed away and he passed away in the middle of the night and things were not looking good. Um, when I went to sleep and I, I had trouble sleeping. So, um, my, my mother told me I could sleep on the couch and she slept on the other couch. And, um, therefore this created this need for me every day to sleep on the couch. 
Uh, I very seldomly slept in my own bed after the age of 13. And um, so it was like a psychological thing, obviously. And one night I, I went to sleep and um, my dog Buford um, woke me up and he was startled. Uh, something was going on and, and I didn't know what it was. And upon opening my eyes, uh, I was really groggy and I, I couldn't see very well, but I could make out a glowing shape this glowing shape as I um, adjusted to, to the light, it, um, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. It, um, it looked like the Virgin Mary. And I, um, I sat up completely. I didn't get off the couch yet. Um, and, and I stared at it. I was already into supernatural things. So it was it was fear, but it wasn't the same kind of fear. It was a fear mixed with wanting to know, wanting wanting more details about this. And my dog was totally freaked out this whole time. Um, but then she was in the dining room, and the dining room and my living room were connected. Uh, there was a love seat that that um, that separated them, and this. Virgin Mary started moving towards me, not walking. I couldn't see the feet move. It was like gliding in the air, like you would imagine a ghost would. That freaked me out. I stood up and I started backing up and Virgin Mary came closer and closer to me. And I backed up and I kept backing up and my dog was backing up with me. And as I was backing up, I hit my back up against the doorknob of the front door. And then I don't remember anything else. I remember, I remember waking up in the morning and um, thinking that this was all just a dream. But when I looked in the mirror I, at my back, I could see that there was a big bruise already forming. And that bruise lasted for seven days. Um, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned this to some people before and um, some people that were very religious. And of course, you know, they believe that I, you know, I had like some kind of epiphany or something like that. And uh, I don't know anymore. And I don't, I, I don't have answers for this story. Um, my dog was obviously very upset. Um, my back was bruised. So that is my story. Does anybody have any questions for me? Have you, may I? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a, uh, an experience before this that you can't explain in the house? Um, I mean, the skeptic side of me now goes back and says it was this or it was that. But at the time, I, I would not believe that I could have explained a lot of stuff. And, you know, I've talked about some of the stuff on Ghostly, like my Ouija experience where all the furniture was up on the couch. And um, so, I mean, that I couldn't explain at the time. Now I can't. 
I have a couple questions. All um, right. <laughs> firstly, what kind of dog was Buford? Buford was a mutt, but he looked very much like a uh, Rottweiler Labrador mix. Okay. And then um, the doorknob on the front door, is it was it an actual knob or was it, it kind was. of the ones where you push the, the so knob knob? Knob knob. Okay. Round, rounded knob. Right. Rounded knob. Rebecca, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> uh, I mean, like at the time, did you put any, like, did you feel like you had an epiphany or felt like anything changed or like, I don't know, had any meaning for you? Funny enough, no. Uh, I, you know, at the time, I believe I was still a Christian and I believe that I was starting to uh, look into Christian spirituality. Um, I can't remember exactly, but that seems like it was the time that it happened. So, um, no, I just, I, I mean, nothing was said to me, nothing, like, I, I didn't receive any messages or anything like that. So, no, I didn't feel that it was an epiphany. Okay. Any other questions? All right. Are you guys ready to vote? Nick, let's start off with you for a change. <laughs> okay. So um, it's weird because I, I voted for both the other ones to be lies. Um, and I guess I'm going to keep it perfect that way. I think this is a lie. Um, and for a couple of reasons. Uh, first off, uh, Pat, I love you. And part of the reason that I put you on... Um, uh, so many of my improvised podcasts is because of the fact that you are very believable in your characters in those podcasts. And so this felt more like a performance from you than when you actually tell real stories from your life. Like you you were really pushing the emotion on this. And most of the time when I talk to you and you tell me stories, you're, you're a little bit more casual about it. And I think that is a sign that you were acting this one up a little bit. Um, that and I think that the fact that it was the Virgin Mary is very interesting because I think you literally did that because you're pulling from your South Side roots and you're like, oh, people are gonna be like, oh, he grew up on the South Side. Of course, it was the Virgin Mary. Um, that and then the detail that really made me decide, I think, is the fact that you mentioned that she wasn't walking but gliding. And I, I think that was you going, what is going to make believers go, oh, that was definitely a spirit. Uh, and I think that was the detail you added for that specific reason. Okay. All right. Well, Bob, what do you think? So before we begin, I just want you to understand that everything you're saying, I'm very sensitive about, right? I don't want you to uh, me to come off like a jerk in this. When somebody really close to you passes, there's a lot of trauma involved. And I'm not going to, you know, that that's a given. It was a very tragic thing that happened to you. And there's going to be some sort of trauma involved with that, um, especially at a young age. And I know this from, you know, you speak to kids about their experiences and what happened before they've had an experience paranormal, by the way. And you, you hear these stories about things and the you were how old again? Exactly. What was the age? I'm not sure. It was definitely in my teenage years, though. So you're, you're still at kind of that peak. So there's a lot of, you know, paranormal involved with kids and kind of tapers off at teenage years. But, you know, you, you have those experiences after a traumatic event and maybe you're looking for answers and maybe you have a dream about things. 
But I'll be honest with you. I'm going to, I, I, I don't know if it's a traumatic experience, but the one thing that you said that really was strange to me was the floating. I have heard stories about apparitions and the concept of, you know, a ghost making an appearance. And I, I don't hear a lot of floating ghost stories. I'm going to be completely honest. They're always walking or making stomping footsteps or, you know, something along them lines. I, I'm going to go with what happened to your back. You might've been sleepwalking and you might've, had some sort of nightmare or a your brain created something that you were maybe subconsciously looking for. Maybe you were looking for an epiphany. So I'm as I don't want to take away from your story, Pat, please understand I'm being sensitive about the material. I'm going to say it's fabricated. So you don't think that this happened to him. It's not that you don't do you think it happened to him? It may or may not be paranormal. Okay, so may, okay. But, let me rephrase. Yes, it happened, but I don't think it was paranormal. At okay, all. okay, so you think he's telling the truth? Like he, yes. this did happen to him. Again, okay. you don't maybe it could or not yeah. be paranormal. Okay, absolutely. Because there, there is a different level. It's hard, you know. I should that, I should say one. yes. I believe it because <laughs> okay. you sometimes you create things and you you might bump into something. But I'm you you told a really good story. I I think you were sleepwalking and potentially having some sort of dream and what you know forced hallucination i guess but i'm gonna go with yeah definitely telling the truth here pat oh yeah my i mean my skeptic side will definitely try to find answers to you know to what happened but it's whether or not i believed it at the time so rebecca what is your thoughts um so you have definitely told me stories about you that are that I paranormal, you told them on ghostly. And I, like you said, with the furniture and the Ouija board, and it's, I'm always shocked that you're not a believer. Um, but I am going to go with Nick on this one in that the Virgin Mary is just a really weird detail that like doesn't sound like you at all. Like okay. in any way, shape or form. Like if you had just said like a floating woman or like whatever, like a glowing like shape, like, I would be like, okay, like that, you know, maybe that happened. Like, again, you've had a lot of weird stuff happen to you. Like, but that just seems really weird and out of character for you. So I am going to say that you made this one up. Okay. Okay. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Um, Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. If you are interested to find out whether or not these stories were true or lies, You're going to have to wait until next week when we release a special ghostly episode with just the reveals. Um, But after that, we will be talking about the Excalibur nightclub. And hopefully we will bring back our man of Chicago, Mondo. Uh, The next episode comes out on April 14th. And uh, what do you guys, you guys want to plug anything? You have anything going on that you'd like to talk about? I mean, I like like I mentioned at the beginning, Freak of the Week, uh, and the Nightshade series. Also, please check that out. Um, also, I uh, produce for Side Street Studio Arts the podcast Connected. Uh, we actually recently had a a guest that uh, I talked to about improv and podcasting and a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, he was okay. 
<laughs> I think <laughs> I might know that person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick, actually, there's one thing I wanted to ask you. I know that you recently went on a trip to New Orleans. Yes. And I see all these pictures. Are you going to be selling these pictures at all? Um, yeah, you can find my photos uh, on uh, either my Instagram, which is, I believe, just at Nick Mataragas or um, Nick Mataragas Creative on on Facebook. Uh, that's my Facebook page where I sell photos and and design work and stuff. So they can find that stuff there. And was anything haunted when you were down there in New Orleans? No, because ghosts don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, what do you got going on? So as I was saying before. Bob After Dark is a weekly paranormal podcast where I record live first in the glorious world of radio, and then I try convert that into what I call podcast land. So if you are more interested in listening to my live show, it premieres every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central. You can find out more information at facebook.com slash Bob After Dark or on Instagram at Bob After Dark. Uh, podcast land uh, all my episodes are archived down there so you guys can go and check those out and take fewer submissions we take phone calls we take uh, you know all that good stuff so it's a little bit of everything where Pat and Rebecca debate about ghost stories I lay it out for you and I may let you make up your own decision about what's going on either in the world of ghosts cryptids aliens that kind of thing and you are a real call-in talk show host, radio I host, as opposed to all these pretenders out there. Out of, all, out of the, I, I don't want to call them pretenders, but in the world, I guess out of everybody, yes, I'm a, a real <laughs> uh, call-in talk show about the paranormal that goes both in radio wave and in podcast form. And every once in a while, me or Rebecca might actually call in too. Yeah, I, I have several episodes where Pat will call in and actually give his support about something we're talking about versus <laughs> smashing the skeptical mirror. Especially <laughs> UFOs. I will always call in for those. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, bef- oh, oh. Good, okay. oh, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for allowing me to come on the show once again and allowing me to grace your podcast land viewers with my voice, guys. And it's really cool to be a part of this whole thing with uh mr Crange, and so thank you so much for having me well we want to thank both of you so much for coming on the show i mean this is this was last year we did the same thing and i just thought man we had to bring you guys back because it was such a great show it was a really fun episode yeah Yeah. microclimates yeah (laughs) all right and this truth or lie wait i just want to really really quick remind everybody go right now to ghostlypodcast.com and go to polls and vote on who you think is true and who you think is a lie i need to be redeemed telling the truth people just saying stay fresh cheese bags oh bye until next time stay ghostly (laughs) bye